If you're anything like us, natural products with real ingredients are a priority in your life when it comes to beauty and wellness. Yes. During my first pregnancy, I started researching all the chemicals and ingredients in the daily products I was consuming and putting on my skin. And after that, I knew I had to make the switch to more natural products. First on the list was my deodorant. Yes, and one of our favorite deodorants that we've tried is Nude because it's fully made with natural ingredients. It's 100% vegan, cruelty-free, and doesn't contain any aluminum. Something else we love about Nude is it is actually an anti-odorant, which is technically a little bit different from deodorant. It's much more effective at preventing odor than traditional deodorant, and because of this, you typically only have to apply Nude every three to four days on average, which makes it last so much longer, saving you money, hassle, and honestly, embarrassment. Yeah, so if you want to stop your pits from smelling while feeling confident in a product that is safe and natural, Nude is your way to go. So we have a 20% off discount code for you. If you use the code HEARTANDHUSTLE20, all caps, no spaces, and the ampersand sign for the AND, using the link in our show notes, you'll get 20% off. Yep, so that's all caps, no spaces, Heart and Hustle 20 with an ampersand for 20% off your Nude deodorant today. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Today, we are back with another coaching episode with the lovely Polly Sellers, a wedding photographer from Columbus, Ohio. Oh man, I love coaching calls and this one's a good one. So Polly has been in business for three years now and literally went full-time the week before our coaching call, which is insane and awesome. So when asked what she was struggling with most in her business, she said, stuck is the perfect word for me right now. I feel really overwhelmed with all the information out there. And sometimes I just don't know how to organize priorities in my business when there's so much you can do and I don't know which direction I should or want to be going in. I constantly feel like I finally get something down and then the next thing is popping up on Instagram or a cool new tool or whatever, leaving me feeling like I'm behind. I also just hired my VA and I love how it's going, but sometimes I don't know what tasks I should be giving her and organizing that can get sometimes complicated and time consuming. Anyone relate? Anyone? I know I relate to a lot of that. So today we chatted with Polly on organization, finances, outsourcing, goal setting, and navigating loss and tragedy as a business owner. We talked about a lot in this hour-long coaching call, but I think, I honestly think this episode is going to be so valuable for you to listen in on because if you're currently feeling overwhelmed with everything that you could be doing in your business, keep listening. If you're wondering what the heck to outsource to a virtual assistant, we got you. Keep listening. And if you don't know how to structure your goals and priorities in your business, especially when you feel like you could be doing literally all of them, mm, buckle up and keep listening because we are tackling all of that and more with Polly. So grab a cup of coffee and join us for this one-on-one coaching conversation. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Holly, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're so excited to have you here today. 
Thank you. I'm so excited too. I uh, cannot wait to get started talking to you guys. Oh my gosh. Well, we're (laughs) stoked. You were the first coaching call on the show. Uh, I don't know actually if you're going to be the first aired. I don't know where you fall in the line of airing, but regardless, you're here. and You're the first recording. Yes. And we're we're very excited. This is something new that we've wanted to bring to the show for a while. So we're excited you're here. So just to introduce yourself to the, to the, I, I guess our audience, just tell us a little bit about you, where you live, like Who's Polly? <laughs> yeah, I love that. Um, so I am, my name is Polly Sellers. I am a wedding photographer from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I have lived cl- in Columbus my whole entire life, and I absolutely love it here. Um, I grew up as a athlete. I played soccer my entire life. Every weekend was filled with soccer games and tournaments, um, and that kind of led me to uh, my university uh, in Westerville, Ohio, Go Cards. I got into the wedding world by second shooting um, and have absolutely fallen in love with taking pictures of couples in love. Um, Other things about me include uh, I love to go rollerblading and I love drawing and doodling and um, anything kind of 3D art as well. Um, I love to be outside and hang out with my boyfriend and, um, I get really competitive playing board games and, uh, yeah. So that's like a little bit about me. Perfect. Okay. Well, Holly, now that people kind of know who you are and what makes you tick, let's dive on into the nitty gritty and talk to us a little bit about where you are in business right now. What are you struggling with? What would you love to get from this coaching podcast? All of that. Yeah. So I actually just quit my um, other job. I was serving at a restaurant and um, I worked there for four years and I absolutely actually loved serving. Like I was not one of those people that was like, oh, I hate my other job. Like it was something that also gave me life um, in a sense. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was, it was really fun. And I, I love working hard and running around and that kind of shows in my wedding work, but it was time to decide that Uh, I need to spend more time in my business. And the only way to do that is to um, dedicate all my time to it. So that's kind of where I'm at. But I I just hired a VA this year. And I feel like um, I'm, yeah, I'm just kind of like feeling overwhelmed with uh, a lot of things like being thrown at me at once. So I just feel like I want to tackle everything, finances, organizational things, like uh, Instagram alone, um, and shooting and editing and all this stuff. So I, I feel like sometimes it's easier to like take each, you know, little thing and dive into it really hard, but then you kind of miss out on all the stuff that's, uh, flying by, um, and just keeping up with everything in the world. So, um, yeah, I just feel a little bit stuck with everything. So I just would love to kind of, uh, talk about, you know, hiring people and what that kind of looks like, um, you know, some long-term projects and financial resources and stuff like that. I love, Polly, that you said just you're feeling overwhelmed. I don't love that you're feeling overwhelmed, but I like <laughs> I like it for the sense that I think it's very relatable. Like I've been overwhelmed yeah. a lot in business and I know yeah. so many entrepreneurs listening to this are overwhelmed currently or have been or will in the future. And so you're not alone in that. So I'm, I'm really excited to dive into just helping you in this season. And especially when you hired a VA, like I love all that. So I say, let's just dive on in. Uh, do you want to, where do you want to start? Um, I mean, we, I guess we can start with my first question was, um, kind of just if you guys could go through like everybody that you've hired and kind of, um, making that decision. Like I'm, I'm not afraid of outsourcing. I'm definitely like 
gave me all the help that I can get because I, um, I don't know, I, I've always been like a team player. So I feel like it's always been a team oriented for me kind of, um, in that way. And so I, this year hired a VA and then I hired, um, actually someone to outsource some editing to, um, and both were really, really awesome. And that just makes me want to hire everybody (laughs) at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, but I don't feel like I know exactly, um, you know, what that even is. Like, I feel like sometimes, um, I like just found out about associates and I just found out about VAs and I just found out about, um, you know, all these different people that you can hire. And so it's like, how do you find out about those people like sooner rather than later kind of thing? For sure. Yeah. Evie, you want to tackle that? Yeah. And I also, first of all, want to start by like cheering you on, Polly, and the <laughs> fact that you're like, I'm not afraid to outsource. Like that's huge. Because I think that's one of the biggest pitfalls a lot of solopreneurs fall into is that we we tighten our grip so hard and tight on things that we love and we're passionate about, you know, our babies become our businesses and it's so hard for us to be willing to hand off, you know, part of our baby to somebody else. So the fact that you're even like immediately sitting there saying, Mm -hmm. I'm not afraid to outsource is huge. So I just wanted to make sure you know that that's not super normal and that already puts you like several steps ahead of where a lot of people start when it comes to building a team and building a business. So kudos to you there. Yeah. I had, um, so like I had nine weddings in October. One of them Whoa. was not one of my own. It was some. It was my cousin's wedding that I was attending. But um, I had eight hired weddings, and I right before October started, I was like, "There's no way that I can yeah. do this." Um, and it just kind of hit like a breaking point where I was like, "Okay, yeah, like it's time to just like yeah. get some help with some other things." Like, and that's when I hired my assistant. She is amazing. Shout out to you, Fran, if you're listening. You're awesome. <laughs> I love uh-huh. you. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Well, we I we love, love outsourcing. It. So yeah, as you can probably answer your question though. Yeah. So I'm gonna focus on. I was sitting here and I was like, well, which business do I talk about? I want to focus specifically on like my photography business and everything because I feel like that's gonna be the most relatable to you and to the people who are listening, wanting to like learn alongside you. So um, my team currently consists of a outsourced editor, um, my virtual assistant, any second shooters that I have consistently. They're not necessarily employees, but they're the people that I've kind of built up that I can trust to really handle something. And then if I need to step down from a wedding, I almost always hand it off to them. Mm -hmm. Um, And then... I have a financial advisor um, and people that I would consider filling the coaching role, although most of those are friends. Um, I was talking to somebody recently who was asking me, like, do you have a coach right now? And I was like, no, I I don't. I'm actively looking for someone who fills like positions that I'm looking for or, you know, checks the boxes. But as I sat there and we were talking and they were like, do you wish you'd hired a coach? And I sat through thinking through like friends and family, like Lindsay and, um, other, just a ton of other friends that I have in my life. I'm like, I really feel like I've filled that coaching role in friendships Um, people who are already like, you know, deep into business, a few steps ahead of me in a different industry so they can give different perspectives, you Mm -hmm. know, that type of thing. So when I sit there saying like, I have people filling the coaching role in like photography world, um, I feel like, I don't know, Lindsay, if you would agree with that. Like, I feel like we've sought a lot of input into our business in a way that filled what I would consider like 
hiring a coach in a lot of ways. Do you yeah. think, feel like that's right? No, I would agree. I would agree. And my my hiring is very similar for my photography yeah. is it, to what you were. I would say coaching, mm-hmm. though, for uh, I haven't had a traditional, at least yet. I want like Evie to have yeah. one. But I haven't had like a traditional like business coach where I get one-on-one coaching. I've done like a little coaching that was for social media content yeah. specifically. Um, and then I've taken a lot of courses. So, I mean, that's a that's a form of education and that's a form yeah. of outsourcing a skill to improve. Um, but I, th- yeah, I would, I would say very similar. Like I've had friends in my life that have come alongside me. So I would say as a as a recommendation to you, Polly, whether you do hire a like a straight up business coach to like meet with you monthly or biweekly or whatever it is, or you just start networking. And it, it that that also, I don't think friends can completely replace a coach if they're not like also in business. Does that make yes. sense? Yeah. Yeah. I I feel like um I so I actually have like ADHD as well. And, um, it definitely affects me differently sometimes. And so there are people out there who are actually ADHD coaches as well. And they, and people that are like specified for business. And, and I feel like that's something that I'm like, that's kind of my next step, um, that and like financial, because I'm kind of like, okay, like now that I'm going full time, like I need some structure and ADHD people have like very bad structure. Um, and so I don't know, like learning from someone else, like, giving yes. me like specific tools that way um, would be super, super helpful. Yeah, for yes. sure. So wait, you said right now you only have an editor and a VA. Um, and I have uh, like a second shooter. Okay. Well, I've used a couple second shooters, but I have this one for like all my weddings this year. Is there um, any need in your business right now that you are feeling stretched thin and that you feel like you... Or is it a situation where you don't even know who to hire next? Because it's not that necessarily you always have to be looking to hire someone else. Like you could be stable in your business right now and thriving mm-hmm. with your VA, your second shooter and your editor. Like that could be great. Um, yeah. So that's my question is like, is there a need in your business that you're finding continually has balls dropped, continually is getting left behind? Like that doesn't need mm-hmm. your focus. Well, I think mostly I feel um, mostly disorganized with financials. Like I... I'm really, really great at saving. And I, and that's, you know, the other job that I had was really like helpful in saving a lot um, quickly, but I feel like I don't know like where everything's going and like how, like when it's coming in and like all this stuff, like trying to organize like um, it that way kind of, and being more like picky about a budget and that kind of thing is like probably like, I, I wouldn't say it's like falling through the cracks or anything, but like um, like right now I feel pretty steady, like kind of like you said, like I, I don't necessarily like need a coach necessarily. Um, and I definitely want to see, you know, what I can do by myself first, (laughs) um, full time at home. But I feel like, like sometimes when it comes to like taxes and all that stuff, it's like, I just get so just overwhelmed. Um, you know, yeah. (laughs) So my initial thought, Lindsay, feel free to jump in. But my initial thought is I want to, clarify from you, Polly, Mm -hmm. are you, do you feel like you're struggling with like setting up the organizational structure of finances in your business? Or do you feel like you're, you have goals that you want to reach financially that you're like, I need help knowing, you know, how much should I reinvest versus how much should I save versus how much should I spend? Or Mm. are you sitting there being like taxes? Like that's what stresses (laughs) me out. Is it like all the above or one of those? I'd probably say more of like the first one. Like it's, I feel like it's definitely like coming in from different spots, but I, it's, I don't know. I, 
I reviewed the heart actually episode for like your financials and you know how you guys kind of put it where it's like figure out how much you need to make and then go backwards from there. Like that kind Mm -hmm. of like outlook, like definitely helps me a little bit, but, um, I just feel like, like I am spending stuff on VA and then I'm spending random stuff on editors. And then I'm like, okay, wait, like, like, I know that's fine to spend, but like, do I have extra to spend or do I not have extra to spend? Like, yeah. I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. Okay. Yeah. It's just organizing kind of. Yeah, no, yeah. I totally get that. I think a financial advisor would be super helpful for you if you mm-hmm. don't already have one. Um, yeah. Someone who is not in your business that can kind of look at those numbers and yeah. not only help you with like that part of your business, but also with taxes, with like structuring your retirement, like those things that you don't need yeah. to be, not, I don't want to say not focusing on, but that doesn't need to be your brain space for like that skill set. Yeah, exactly. That's not your skill mm-hmm. set. Um, and then I would also, mm-hmm. if you haven't already, read the book Profit First. We've shared that on the show and we've actually had Mike McKellowitz on, but mm-hmm. that that book revolutionized the way I look at the finances of my, my business and also yeah. how to be profitable. I mean, it literally it literally walks you step by step yeah. through how to structure the financial back end of your business. So that's mm-hmm. a great first start. Um, okay, sweet. Because it, it almost it's like prioritizing profit before you prioritize all your expenses. So sometimes it's like, you might have to look at your expenses and be like, this, is this, re- do I really need to spend this? Mm-hmm. Um, the book explains it way better than that sentence just did. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, that helps for sure. <laughs> I would definitely recommend financial advisor and then also profit first. Okay, yeah. sweet. The one thing that I will say about a financial advisor is just, uh, it might take you a while to find somebody who's the right fit because it sounds like you're wanting somebody not just to advise you on, okay, invest into this mutual fund or let's set up this retirement account, which is typically what a lot of financial advisors specialize in. You're going to want to find somebody who specializes in financial advising for business owners, like small small business business owners who can Mm -hmm. really help you like just figure out all of the the numbers in your business. So I would say Mm -hmm. like, don't just Google financial advisor and go to anyone who's going to take a percentage of like your, you know, stocks mm-hmm. and, and retirement funds and like your investments for the year, but somebody who's actually going to sit down with you and go through the numbers. Um, and so while that might take like a little bit of asking around and, you know, meeting with different financial advisors and that type of thing in that meantime, that's when I would really encourage like dive into books like, uh, profit first, rich dad, poor dad, just different, um, you know, even like some Dave Ramsey financial books, just different things that you can start to build like some financial literacy and and broaden that understanding of, oh, here's how I could structure the back end of my finances. And then, oh, here's some tips on saving and you know what that looks like building some compound interest on my savings accounts and emergency funds and you know different things like that. It just will help you build out while mm-hmm. you're looking for that person who can step into that role. And if that person comes faster, that's amazing. But I know if we're just sitting here like, yeah, go grab a financial advisor, mm-hmm. that might take a little bit of time to find yeah. the right person to fill that. And in the meantime, those are the steps that I would take to begin to kind of build out your own understanding and your own confidence in that area. Sweet. That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Okay. So what else based off of that, do you want to keep talking about, you know, building a team, the next steps? Do you have another direction? You're kind of feeling like, okay, this is the next biggest pain point for me where I'm just feeling lost and stuck. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, um, kind of the second question that I was going to ask was more about like organizing with my VA. Um, uh, we have like a really great relationship. Um, and we click very well personality wise and 
Um, I actually interviewed like five people before picking her and she, and I just felt like, okay, this girl and I are going to work great together. Um, and it's been really, really awesome. And she does like, she saves my life like literally every day. Um, (laughs) but, uh, I feel like it's kind of one of those things where, um, sometimes we get like, not butt heads, but we are like, Oh wait, did you do that? Or did I do that? And then it's like, Oh, uh, I don't know. Like when should that get done by, or, um, when does this need to get done by, or is that something I do? Or is that something you do? Um, and kind of just deciding like what goes to who and expectations on like response times and stuff like that. And, um, just kind of everything organizing. Cause I feel like there are times when we're like, ah, like that's not what we wanted. (laughs) Um, you know, and like, then we get on the track, um, by kind of clarifying with just like communication, you know, but I feel like, yeah, yeah. I just feel like, um, it's just one of those things where I'm like, okay, I, when, once I hired her, she did so much so quick for me. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. Like she organized my inbox and she, um, you know, helped me with change stuff on my website. And then she did, um, you know, some automation stuff in, um, my CRM and stuff like that. And that was super, super awesome. But then I was like, oh wait, like if I need to do this, like, like, what do I do? Like, where do I go in and like take over the client experience and like that kind of thing. I don't know if that, mm-hmm. that's kind of like a yeah. ramble, but <laughs> no, yeah. that makes, that makes perfect sense. And it's kind of like that, that sticky onboarding period when yes. you are hiring someone that I think freaks a lot of people out because it, it does initially kind of require a little bit of work from you as the entrepreneur. Um, mm-hmm. but I think the work that I would focus on now is one, have weekly meetings if you don't already, but even before that, I would nail down some like absolutes. So like expectation wise. So like think of every single thing that she's covering in your business. And I want you, like you said, uh, respond times or or when do I take that over? Like that should be, I would almost write it down, like have a meeting together and like brainstorm that. Or I mean, you're technically her boss in a way. So it's like, well, just tell her that like, if you have a stimulation of, okay, I want um, emails to be, like if she's responding to your initial client inquiries with a template, then make sure she understands that that needs to be responded within X amount of hours. Maybe it's 24 hours. um, And that, that like, that's a priority for you and your business. Um, For me, uh, what I do is my, I've created templates for inquiries. And so, and I made them very, very not templatey sounding. Um, and so my assistant goes in, she responds to the initial inquiry. And then if the client or potential client responds, that's where I take over. So that's just the structure that we've made where that's, I know that that's the point where I take over because after that, you don't really have a template that you can respond to. And then I, at that point, I don't want my assistant emailing my clients for me. Like that just seems impersonable at that point. Um, yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where like I had a couple of inquiries like come through and then like, I was like, they were almost ready to book. And then I was like, wait, I don't even know like anything about these people, even though they filled out like, like on my contact form, I make them fill out like a ton of questions and stuff like that. And I had to go back and kind of like see like who inquired and like what they were about. And I was like, wait, I like, I don't know, like it feels fine. Like I want you to respond and she was responding quicker, but I feel like I was like, well, I don't know. I just... I like, I I, like want to be more of a part of the process in a way, but Mm -hmm. like without like, like, I don't know, I, she's there to like help me. So it's like, I don't know, finding that like perfect balance. Right. Yeah. Well, I think that also comes down to recognizing, you know, what areas you do want her to take over. So Lindsay and I both have our assistant answer, you know, our first initial response emails. And then later down the process, they might send out like, 
the the questionnaire or something before the wedding or anything like that. Like certain things like that, we might have them send out. But as far as like those in between, like chatting, answering questions, working together, like those emails, those meetings, that thing, like we both really want to keep our hands on. Yeah. Um, so that's totally fine if you are like, you know what? I don't really love having Fran answer more than the first email. Um, that's beyond okay because that is something that is very connection-based and relationship-based. And you want to make sure that you're the person really like reading those emails, connecting with that client, making sure they're the right fit. So don't ever feel guilty for, you know, you can hand off something else to Fran and keep something else on your plate. Yeah. Okay. That's, yeah, that's good. The next thing I was going to say for organizational just stuff is, do you have a uh, I don't know what they're called. It's like Trello or Monday yes. or Asana. Do you have one of those? Yeah, we have Notion. Whoa, I've okay. never heard of that. It's I really love it. <laughs> um, I haven't seen like Monday and I've definitely heard of those other ones, but um, it's I really like it. So well, I, well, yeah, okay, shout out if you anyone needs another. <laughs> yes. Well, yes. that's awesome. Okay, so my my thought was with organizing tasks and making sure that she does them on time. So one, have a weekly check-in meeting. That really helps, especially with an assistant, just to get on the same page, just to cover like what you've done in the last week, cover what needs to get done this week, or just like vision cast for like ahead. Like, hey, what do we need to start working towards? And then every time you have a task that you give her, I would give her a deadline. Unless it's like something that's like automatically clear that 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 needs to get done today or whatever. Just like the more that you can communicate your expectations clearly, I think the easier that will be. Um, Evie, do you have anything to add on to that? Yeah, I I think there are a few things. First of all, do you use Slack with uh, your assistant or your team in any way? I don't. I don't. How do you guys talk about it? How do you communicate with her? A Voxer. So voice message? Yeah, it's kind of like, it's like a separate app. So we wanted, we were using just like, you know, iMessage or whatever. And then we were like, this is too much. Right. Um, So we got Voxer and it's, it's kind of like walkie talkie. Like you can send voice message, but you can also send like, you know, like text message or whatever. Um, Okay. Kind of similar to a messaging app in a way, but yeah. I got you. Well, that's my only thought is I like the idea of being able to speak to them. However, if you have a task that's being spoken that, if it's not written down with like a deadline on a message or an email, then there's no way mm-hmm. that she can, unless she's really good at like reading or listening yeah. to Voxer messages and then writing it down. Mm-hmm. That's my only issue. I think that it's, yeah, yeah, it's really nice to like when you're assigning tasks, the in-between voice messaging of like, if she has a question about the task and you respond with a voice message, that's totally fine. But assigning tasks, most of the time, I would recommend either doing on a meeting where she's sitting there writing it down and transcribing it or sending it in a written text form so that she can like copy and paste that over to Notion or whatever and make sure Mm -hmm. that like that's not getting lost in a voice message because that might also help give some clarity and you know you can scroll back and and whatnot um Mm -hmm. I I do love Voxer I would say maybe just like keep in the back of your head for somewhere down the road switching to Slack just because you can send files you can go back in and review files you can search through it you can respond in a certain thread you can Mm -hmm. have different channels so like you could have like your client communication channel and then your admin channel and that, you know, different channels so that it's not all just like in one spot getting super jumbled. Um, But for where you are right now, I feel like Voxer is probably totally fine. That's if you just want to keep 
you know, Slack in mind for the future as well. If you're still feeling like organizationally in communication, you guys are still struggling, that might be something to help you even further. Yeah, yeah, I love that. At um, least, kind of at like, least you're not doing it on uh, text message. That's a win. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we have all totally. been there. We have yeah. all been there. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. then we would start texting about something that we were like both like obsessed with or something like unrelated to work, and we're like, wait, go back, <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. exactly, and then it get lost. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, like kind of like going forward with that. It's like I feel like um, like maybe this is even more. I guess communication with just her it could be like the simple answer, but. Um, are there like other tasks that you like assign to your VA besides mostly like email and like stuff like that? Like, um, and like if they, if you do like, what are they kind of thing? Oh yeah, girl, I could. Oh yeah. yeah tell <laughs> me. Okay. This is a question for you and just knowing your VA. Is your VA strictly admin or does she have a creative side? Because sometimes you, you hit the jackpot, jackpot and <laughs> sometimes a VA can kind of do both However, sometimes I find that usually a really, really good VA is more admin focused mm-hmm, and, and mm-hmm. not necessarily creative focused. And so that's probably where I don't think, Evie, you technically have Kaylee when you were mm-hmm. listing out all the people that work for you. Does she work for your photography business though? Even if she I doesn't, mean, she, I think it's still applicable. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Um, Because the other thing I will say back to the question of like, who all did we hire? We both mm-hmm. have our admin like... Executive, executive assistant, assistant that does like that stuff. But then we both separately, I started with an intern and she mm-hmm. basically took all of the creative tasks that I did not have time for. So that included social, like coming up with captions yeah. for social media that included creating my graphics that included editing my uh, reels and YouTube videos that included blogging for me. She ghostwrites a lot. And then I go in and, uh, clean it up or not clean Well, clean it up in my voice. Like I go through it yeah. and like rewrite to make sure it like sounds like me. Um, but she really does a good job, but she comes up, like she takes photos from my pick time. So she has mm-hmm. the login for my pick time and just automatically does my Pinterest and takes photos that I've just done for sessions. And like, like I'll log into my Pinterest and I'm like, dang, KT's on it. Like, oh, like the last <laughs> session that I did, like is all on Pinterest. And I'm like, Killing oh gosh, it. Yeah. so there's a lot, but knowing the difference if your VA is very admin focused or if she's very, if, if she has yeah, creativity so she, ability, if that yeah. makes sense. She graduated with, um, gra- I think it was graphics design and like uh, web design uh, oh. uh, literally this past year. So she definitely That's has a creative odd. side, but I think she kind of wants, I, I think she, I'm not trying to speak for her, but I think she kind of wants to um, move more to like system automations and like, like kind of like handling clients, like, CRMs and all that like system software, stuff like that. Um, But she definitely has the creative side. She's, yeah. Does she have the capacity to work more for you slash does she want to slash do you want her to work more hours for you? Yeah. So (laughs) this has like been a conversation that we've had kind of back and forth. um, And choosing hours is hard. So um, to be like totally honest, she works three hours for me right now a week during the middle of October and November, she was working, I think, 10 hours a week, maybe five, five right, or maybe you seven. Had, you had all of yeah. those settings. Yeah. So we kind of went down in hours because I was slowing down. Um, and I definitely like would love to have her for literally every hour of the week. But um, <laughs> I feel like she um, she stopped taking on clients and she has like a solid, I think maybe three or four clients right now. I'm not exactly sure, but um, she definitely still like wants to work together and... Um, like be my VA. And that's been definitely a conversation too. I would just have that conversation with her 
and and mm-hmm. ask her point blank, like, would you be willing to take on a little bit more for me? Because like, uh, just sitting here thinking, she could take over Pinterest if if yeah. if she wants, and if she's not skilled at Pinterest, what you could do is buy a Pinterest course and have her watch it instead of you. That's what we've done before. I, yeah, um, she is skilled and, at Pinterest. Oh, she's already like started getting. I know she's amazing. She's it, awesome. It sounds like she like has like the fact that you have an like a VA that's skilled at web yeah. design and graphic design. I'm yeah. like, you're sitting on a gold mine. <laughs> oh, yeah. I know. Oh, I know. I tell her every day. I'm like, thank you. (laughs) Yeah. I think the other thing that's going through my head right now is Mm -hmm. Polly, I would sit down and I would go through and track like a week or more of your work life, especially now as you're about to head into the transition of going full-time with your work, start paying attention to the things that are you're dreading that you keep pushing off that Mm -hmm. are taking a ton of time that you just like are struggling with and like really clicking into the, that mode, the things that aren't actually getting done that are staying on your list. And I would just start keeping like track of what's taking the most time right now. What do I really hate doing? Like all of the things that I just listed and then start pulling that into another list of like things Fran can possibly do. And just like literally like create a list. And then I would like tell her that you're doing that and, you know, have the conversation Lindsay suggested of like, can we, you know, go for more hours. Are you down for that? Do you have that availability and that interest? And then keep track of that list and then sit down with her in the next like month or something like that after you've kind of tracked all that list, especially after this leap of full time and Mm -hmm. then sit with her and be like, I really hate X. I really don't like Y. This is sucking a lot of my time. And it might take some time of you just like training her into it, but it sounds like she's really well-rounded in her skill set. So you can hand her stuff that's both admin and creative. Um, so do you ever feel like you give like Rachel a task and she's like, wait, I don't want to do this or I don't like doing this task. Because I, I, like, worry about that. I don't know. I, like, want her to like it, you know? I think it's less about liking it and it's more about, yes, like, skill. You, is she skilled? Mm-hmm. Yes. But, okay. but at, like, the same, at the same time, if she doesn't want to give it, like, if she doesn't mm-hmm. want to do that, then I would start focusing on hire, hiring, like, a content creator or, like, yeah. a creative admin person. Or not, sorry, mm-hmm. or, a, creative, yeah. a creative VA. Yeah. Or I would just say like, pay attention to like, that's the reason I hired Kaylee as a junior assistant was I was paying attention to the skill set that Rachel had and certain tasks that I kept repeatedly wanting to hand to her or trying to hand to her. And mm-hmm. she would be like, try, she would do it or, you know, she would try yeah. and it just wasn't within her skill set or yeah. she couldn't do it because she was far away. And I needed someone who was in person who could help me with certain things and whatnot. And I just kind of kept a running list of like, Rachel can't do this, but I really need somebody who can. And that's when I went and hired another person. So that's, there's nothing necessarily wrong with recognizing, you know, a certain person on your team can't or doesn't want to do a certain task. But I feel like Rachel never says like, I don't want to do that. Or that doesn't sound fun. She's like incredible. (laughs) The only thing that she sometimes says is, A, I don't have capacity for that right now, especially during like really busy seasons, which is the best thing for me to know because I don't want her to just be like, oh, sure, I'll take it. And then everything starts falling apart because she's taken on too much or um, it doesn't get done on time because she just can't get to it. So I I Mm -hmm. love that honesty and building that trust and that relationship with people on your team where they can say, my plate's really full right now. I can push that to a later date, or you might want to ask somebody else on the team to handle that. Um, so that's, I feel the only thing, or maybe if she says like, yeah, I can, she'll sometimes be like, I can take a swing at it, but I'm not sure, you know, that's, that's really within my wheelhouse. And I'll be like, okay, 
either pull it for somebody else on my team or I'll say, go ahead and try and I can tweak what you start with or whatever. So Mm -hmm. the one thing I'll add to that is you said that she is only working three hours a week for you. So that to me, and and I know she has Mm -hmm. other clients, but that's not a lot of, that's like pennies. Totally. And that's, and I will say that's, that's more out of me. Like she's definitely, I think offered at some points like five and like she offered five kind of before she made the decision to like not accept new clients. Okay. Um, but I, I think she, I think she'd be really willing to like take on more. Um, and that's kind of more on me just like going full time and kind of adjusting and like totally. figuring that all totally. that stuff. Yeah. I, my yeah. thought was just, if she's only working three hours and you're giving her things and she's like, Oh, I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> that would be a red flag to me of like, okay, maybe this isn't the right yeah. fit. Because mm-hmm. then it's like, I have, mm-hmm. I need you to do a lot more stuff and you're not wanting to. That's where it would be like, okay, let's reconsider. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Cool. Do you struggle with knowing what the heck to post on Instagram? If you find yourself staring at your phone with a blank page and a blinking cursor, feeling completely worthless because nothing is coming to your brain. It's like, you know you need to post consistently, but honestly, the biggest freaking thing stopping you from showing up daily and serving your audience are those dang captions. Like, what do you even say? You are tired of trying to come up with them day after day. I mean, let's be real. That is exhausting. If not knowing what to write in your captions is the bane of your existence, then we've created something that's going to come in honestly like Superman and save your dang day. (laughs) Are you ready for it? Hint, I don't think you are. Introducing our Caption Playbook, a monthly subscription plan that delivers 20 custom pre-written caption templates into your hands every single month. That's enough captions for you to post every day of the week each month. Look, we've done the hard part for you, so you don't have to struggle anymore. Just grab a template, tweak to your own business and personality, and post away. It's seriously that simple. No more waiting to post until inspiration strikes. Inspiration is coming to you, my friend. Sign up for the caption playbook to crush your caption game. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash caption dash playbook and say goodbye to your caption woes forever. I felt like that definitely was a very thorough answer. That was awesome. Can yeah. we like to talk? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I think kind of this, like this might be like a kind of similar in a way, but um, one of the questions I had on here was about um, like kind of an associate. And I know like, I think you guys have both have had associates at some point, but, or maybe just even second shooters, I guess. But um, I have a girl actually working for me like for 20 of my weddings this year. Oh, wow. um, we already worked together one last year. Yeah, and she... I really like her a lot. She's awesome. Um, I worked with a lot of second shooters and had some uh, issues here and there. <laughs> um, and so I'm really glad that I found her and she's really, really good. But I kind of was thinking, you know, if this is something that like, I don't know how to introduce the kind of the subject. Like if you're interested, like maybe next year, like two years from now, like um, would you be interested in maybe being an associate or yeah. um, that sort of thing, you know, or even for myself, like I think that would be something that I would truly enjoy would be would to be someone else's associate. Um, and I just don't know kind of like the realm of like how to find someone that, you know, maybe is, uh, hiring an associate or how to kind of introduce that conversation or what that kind of looked like for you too. Totally. And so when you say you're, you're wanting to be someone else's associate, do you just mean just to get more work? Um, no, not necessarily. I just really like shooting like weddings. And like, I think kind of the idea of like, I don't know, like, working together with someone else, like sounds really awesome. Um, like, like, I don't know, like a, like not like for a partner team, but I've seen some people that I follow 
um, recently kind of add associates to their teams. And I, yeah. it just looks really fun. Like I, I just like the shooting aspect of weddings. So like that sounds fun to me. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I love that. I, my question is yeah. because you're the owner of your own photography business, that, yeah. that can sometimes... I mean, not to say you can't associate for other people because like I associated for a lot of photographers when I lived in Hawaii. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that just comes more to networking. Um, but with associates for yourself, I feel like there's typically two different routes. There's like public associates where it's like your brand is a team or I mean, you can still be the face of it, but you still, it's like very visually a team where they're on mm-hmm. your website. And when people inquire, they have like a drop down button of like, who are you inquiring with? Or, or just mm-hmm. any, any could be an option. Yeah. So there's like a public okay. view or there's a private view. That's the way I did it where I was so involved with my, my personal brand that I didn't really want to expand Lindsay Roman photography to be a team, vis- like publicly at least. Um, but I still felt that issue of like, I would get it was in 2018 where I literally, I think in one month, I said no to 20 inquiries, weddings and wow. sessions. And I was, at that point, I was like, that's just money walking out the door. Like, what am I doing? Um, like, I had hit my capacity. And so that's where I was like, I need somebody who needs work, wants work, but is not currently. And so I found a girl mm. on Oahu that was one of my friends. And ironically, I think Andrew was talking to her and he was telling her how overbooked I was. And she was like, I mean, she's a photographer too. She has her own business, which is where the the private issue comes in too. But uh, she she was like, I need more work. So I would like, if she's wanting like mm-hmm. me to shoot for her, I would love to. So mm-hmm. she came on as like a private, I don't know, that's, I'm just making these words up. It's like a private <laughs> associate, whereas she wasn't publicly, like it wasn't like, like Sunny yeah, and Lindsay like, is like the duo mm-hmm. under Lindsay Roman. However, I made a page on my website for her. I made a mm-hmm. pricing guide for her and it wasn't ever public. Okay. But whenever I got an inquiry that I was already booked for or I just couldn't do, I responded with a template that was like, hey, I can't do it. Thank you so much. But here is my associate, Sunny. Here's a little bit about her. Here's her pricing guide. And here's how associate is like that works. Because a lot of times inquiring couples don't know what that means. They don't understand that like, you're still going to edit the photos. You'll still plan their wedding, but that's just going to be a different person on their day of. So that's how I navigated it. But that's different than having a public team where you're, you're marketing and you're advertising your team members to people, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That totally makes sense. So do you know what avenue you would want to go town or well I think like that's really cool that you had the option on there because I think um like the girl that is second shooting for me like she is so talented and like she and I have very similar editing styles and like I I had 10 interviews for people like I kind of put out a feeler like if who wants to second shoot with me this summer like I want to hire the same person and work together and stuff like that and um you know we just clicked instantly but she does she gets a lot of like I think, um, just like engagement shoots or like family shoots or graduation shoots, that kind of thing. But she had like the first wedding that she shot was with me, um, ever. And like, she was like really excited about it and stuff like that. So I don't know if she's necessarily getting like wedding inquiries. Um, so I think that would be kind of cool to like do like the, what you kind of did with Sunny a little bit. Yeah. Well, I will say, I didn't explain this very well for you or anyone (laughs) that's listening, but I think the reason there are those two avenues is because, in my opinion, when you have people that are on your team publicly and you're marketing them to the public and they're very much visually a part of your brand, to me, you need a contract that's 
locking them into your business because mm-hmm. they're publicly for you under your brand. You don't want them to have their own photography business booking outside usually. So usually you have like those type of associates under a contract or you, it's somebody that's not a photographer or maybe just getting into it and you train them up under your you and then they're your, they're your associate. The yeah. other way, the reason I did Sunny as like a hidden one kind of, hidden sounds but like the reason I didn't advertise her on my team is because she had her own business mm-hmm. on Oahu as a photographer. So I didn't want to publicly announce that she was my associate. And because then that would almost be pulling work from her that she would get organically. And so yeah, totally. I didn't want to like, that's where the conflict is a little bit where it's like you either train someone up and they're under contract to work solely for you for X amount of years or, or time or whatever, or you have somebody that, or you could even have a team. It doesn't even have to be one person. It could be a couple associates that still have their own photography businesses, but are willing to like be associates for you, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. That definitely makes sense. Yeah, I think the only other thing that I want to like add in there, Polly, is I would just, and this is just me coming in with like my business brain thinking like when you said like, I think associate shooting for someone else would be super fun, Mm -hmm. but it's already sounding like your plate is really full with your own work (laughs) and you're considering building out your own associate team. My like business coach brain just started like flaring red alarms and being like, okay, get clear on that goal. Like that needs to be super clear of what you actually want to do. I took, there's nothing wrong with like looking at, you know, potentially shooting associate, like joining an associate team or something like that and thinking that's super cool. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. to me, like, I just wanted to slide in there and say, you might not want to try to be building your own photography business and your own team and your own associate team and thinking about joining an associate for somebody else because that's Mm going to pull you in many different directions. That's going to spread you way too thin and that's going to confuse your clear goals and your clear purpose. So that's just something I wanted to throw out there. That's not to say like you can't do something you love. Just maybe pick one thing for now and move towards that goal. Yeah, I think like you said it, perfectly like like that is seriously what I'm struggling with is literally clarity on goals like you yeah. could just say that and that's kind of where my mumbo jumbo like everything's been thrown at me at once kind of comes yeah. from a little yeah. bit where it's like ah like what direction do I choose what direction do I go in and like I've definitely felt spread thin like the past couple of years with that kind of thing so well, um, yeah, I think you hit a spot on. <laughs> that's something Lindsay and I both really love. So I know that was something that you'd kind of considered talking about on this podcast, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, yeah. Why don't totally. let's talk a little bit about like because I think a lot of people struggle with that. So why don't we talk a little bit about that? Like what? Obviously, we just talked a little bit about the associate goals, but in general, yeah. do you want to maybe share a little <laughs> bit of what like yeah. confusion <laughs> there is for you right now? Totally. I just feel like. Um, you know, some of the confusion is like, uh, you know, like I love weddings and I feel like I adore weddings so much, but I, I, I'm like looking 10 years down the road and I'm like, okay, what does that look like? And sometimes I need to stop myself and say like, okay, like (laughs) that's not realistic. Like let's look five years down the road right now. Um, you know, with more specific to like what I'm doing, like 10 years down the road. Yeah. I want to have a family. I want to have kids. Like I know those kinds of goals, but, um, kind of with business goals in general, Mm-hmm. I feel like kind of stuck. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, I would uh, first yeah. off say looking 10 years down the road isn't unrealistic or stupid. It's, okay. I think it's smart. <laughs> like, okay. You can't make your five-year goals or your one-year goals if you don't have the 10-year goal. 
And I think that's yeah. where a lot of people fall short is they're only looking at a year or maybe three years down the road. They're not looking at long-term. And so they're building this life or this business for their three-year goal. And then by the time they get to five years, they're like, oh crap, I don't like this anymore. Or I, I my life is different. Or it, it just my goals and my life priorities are completely different that I didn't prepare myself for that. So I think it's smart to look that far ahead. I think it's hard. It's hard to like make definitive decisions. Like that's what I'm struggling with is like, okay, Okay, what is that? Like, well, (laughs) that's where I also want to come in and say that goals do change and shift period. Like that they are never going to be 1000% exactly how you had pictured them when you dreamed them. Either they're going to be bigger and better, or they're going to be completely different, or, you know, it's going to look different because you didn't realize everything that would go into it. So maybe it's like a little bit smaller. Like Lindsay and I sit down even for, you know, the heart and our company, we sat down, what was it like a year ago for our executive retreat or maybe it, was, it was two years ago. It was two years ago because COVID 2020 stuff. Yep. That would be it. Okay. So two years ago, we sat down for our first executive retreat for the heart and we Mm -hmm. mapped out our like pretty much 40 year vision for the heart as a company (laughs) and Lindsay and I together, which is just just us being ridiculous. But we mapped out this 40 year vision and we, I was looking at that actually like a few weeks ago in some of our like three year goals or whatever, three to five year goals. And I'm, I'm looking at them now and I'm like, Oh, our goals, like the direction that we're taking has definitely pivoted. Like something that we thought we could do in three years is definitely now going to be like five to seven years on the goal list. And there's nothing wrong with that. We're still making like solid forward momentum towards Mm -hmm. those goals, we just realized, oh, three years wasn't realistic. Like that we weren't going to be able to make that big of a business step within three years. Right. And that's okay. So I just wanted Mm -hmm. to like put that out there that while Lindsay and I believe so firmly in setting long-term goals, especially like having kind of a 10-year vision, it can one, be kind of like cloudy, if that makes sense of like, okay, here's what I would love to be doing or feeling. Um, here's, you know, you can, you can sit down and say, I would love to be making this amount of money ideally and be like financially secure and living in this kind of house and, you know, able Mm -hmm. to have time and flexibility to be with my husband and my kids and be fully present with them and be, you know, impacting the world around me. That could be a 10 year goal that Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be, okay, I want to own this business or, you know, my photography needs to be, you know, exactly what I'm doing in 10 years. You can just set a goal that sets the picture of what your life will look like. If you're not totally sure right now, if you have a lot of passions and a lot of ideas that you're juggling, even just setting that picture of what you're working towards will help then when you're making decisions, like, you know, do I want to build out my own associate team or join somebody else's, you can sit down and look at that 10-year goal and say, okay, which one is going to get me closer towards that goal of that financial freedom, that house, that family life, you know, that those time commitments and all of that. Like even something like that can bring some clarity to your decisions now that you wouldn't have if you hadn't set those goals. So it doesn't have to be super clear and it does not have to be rigid and unmovable, but we, I would very strongly encourage at least setting some sort of vision for yourself to be working towards that will help you make decisions now. Yeah, that's really helpful. Yeah. Do you have any idea of what you're, you said about weddings, yeah. maybe like what do you have an I, I just an idea of what a goal would be? It doesn't even have to be the 10 year goal. It could be just like a three year goal or a one year goal. 
Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, to, to be honest, like I think a goal of mine was to go full time. Um, and I'm doing that right now, which is yeah. super awesome. Ooh. Yeah. Like I, I said that during the start of the pandemic, like right before actually, um, the pandemic started, I was shooting a wedding in Guatemala and the day that we left, um, the airport was like the day that everything got shut down and we like wow. barely made it home. And it was, it was insane. And after that I was like, okay, I'm going to go full time. Like it's going to happen. Like you know, and all this stuff. And then I had weddings start canceling and people just moving dates. And I was like, okay, wait, like, hold on a second. And I didn't kind of go for it. And so now I feel like, not that I feel comfortable going with it because I still am like, ah, like what is going on? Um, you know, but I, I mean, I kind of look down the road and I kind of see, you know, like trying to set like, um, you know, trying to raise my prices to an extent that I can shoot less weddings and focus on, um, you know, more like focusing on those clients that are inquiring with me and, um, spending a lot of time on them instead. And like, instead of shooting what I'm shooting right now, like 25 to 30 kind of thing. So that might be like, I don't know, a goal. (laughs) No, that's a great goal. And I want to back up real fast. The fact that I, I think a lot of people don't, recognize like you have a goal in your mind for so long and then when you hit it you're like oh awesome Mm -hmm. great I'm here but you have so many more goals that you're focusing on that but I just want you to like sit and celebrate the fact that you accomplished the goal of going full-time you live what did you told us that off air I think when did you go full-time uh literally last Friday like four days ago I want you to like pop a bottle of champagne like that is you need to celebrate that like that is not a feat to be just ignored or to be pushed under the rug. Like, I think we need to normalize celebrating our wins and celebrating when we do hit those goals because that's just as important as striving for more, you know? Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. My, my actual, my dad has his own business and he's had his own business for, um, probably like, wow, like probably 30, 20 years, 25 years. I don't know. Uh, and, uh, he, uh, it was super, super encouraging to me. And like, you know, I, right before I did it, I had, I was actually like on a 14 hour shift and it was a double and I had a two hour break in between. And my dad came to, um, like, so the restaurant I work on is actually right next to my college. So he came to Otterbein and we sat in, um, just these like chairs and like, uh, and he brought my dogs and we were just talking for two hours and he was like, listen, like, you're ready. Like you are like, I was like, okay, like I am. Yeah. And it was, I have like getting so emotional. Um, and so I actually went in on my next shift and I sat down with my manager and I told her, and then, um, right after I walked out, I walked out and there's, um, North Star has like all these big, big windows in the front. And there was a complete double rainbow in front of me. And I was like, this is a sign from God, like (laughs) that, uh, you know, it's time. And it's, it was really, really emotional. And I was like, wow, like, I, yeah, it happened. It was a long time coming, but, um, wow. yeah, I definitely felt celebrated by my family and friends. And, um, I went out with my friends on Saturday and they were just really, really happy for me. So it's nice, but it's definitely emotional. And for anybody like listening who like loves their other job, like, uh, like I did, like, I just realized, you know, like it's time for change. And yeah. even though you can love things and you don't have to hate them to like kind of let them go, you know, I don't know. Oh, that's yeah. beautiful. That was a soundbite. Yeah. That was... <laughs> Because that's something that I think we always think like, oh, people naturally, if they want to be an entrepreneur, they hate their nine to five, but that's not always the case. And it's like, you're almost giving up something good for the potential of something greater down the road. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. That's perfect. Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I love Um, that. Yeah. I think we can kind of honestly transition to like the next question that I had was, um, this is probably for Lindsay and I, I like obviously only want you to share anything that like you're comfortable sharing, but um, oh, like, I, know, I don't know what you're going to ask me. 
No, you're fine. Well, I, so like, uh, I kind of wanted to talk about like recovery and like, um, kind of showing up on social, like after something, um, you know, big happens to you and I'm not Mm -hmm. trying to like call you out or anything, but obviously I know you just went through some really hard hardships and stuff like that. And, um, this past year, actually my brother actually got diagnosed with lung cancer and, um, yeah. And he's actually okay now. Like, thank the Lord he had surgery and, he is okay. He got his uh, tumor taken out and stuff like that. But it was definitely an emotional couple of months. And, um, you know, it was really, really hard for me to show up. And I was like, like, how do I like tell my clients about this? But like, don't tell my clients, but like, it's about my brother. It's not about me. Like, right. and like, and I, you know, just kind of navigating, like, like I had my assistant take over like a lot of stuff at that point. Um, and she was kind of, you know, posting and doing stuff like that. And responding to emails more and stuff like that. So I don't know if you want to kind of tell me like how you navigated that and like, just like coming out, like, I don't know, like on the other side. (laughs) Yeah. Are you talking about how to navigate like your social media presence or just how to like literally run a business when you're like struggling? Kind of both, kind of both, whatever you kind of feel like. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, what, if anybody's listening to this and they don't understand what Polly's talking about, I had a miscarriage back in October of 2020 and I was pretty vocal about it like immediately, which I don't, I, I, I like that I did that. And I also, <laughs> there are some questionable things. Like when, <laughs> when something like that happens to you or you lose a loved one or, or any tragedy, my mindset was literally like F the world. I don't care anymore. Like mm-hmm. F it. that's mm-hmm. literally, I just remember mm-hmm. like, I think something political happened like a few days after and I was like, Ugh, and I like just raged yeah. and I was like, that's probably not the mindset that I need to approach social media to. So mm-hmm. I think there's a fine line. I'll, I'll answer the social media part and then the business part first. So when you're showing up on social media, especially as a business owner, especially as somebody who's doing a personal brand, like I think the the uh, the part that gets tricky is you're normalizing showing up like and being authentic every day, right? And then something tragic happens and you don't almost want to hide it and be inauthentic. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, you need to protect that time in your life where it's maybe not the best time to to show up. Like I I don't regret sharing that about my life in that moment, but I think I should have put a little bit more boundaries on social media Mm -hmm. for myself just because I was raw and I literally had that effort mindset. So I just was showing up and I didn't care what I said. I didn't care who I said it to. Like, I was just like, I'm her and I'm lashing out. And I don't know if I really lashed out, but it was just like... I think that a lot of people like honestly related to that to an extent, you know, like right. I well, felt <laughs> like, and like, you know, like, wow, like I feel the same way. Like, yeah, like, I don't which, know. <laughs> which is the hard part. Cause it's like the reason you show up on social media in a personal brand is mm-hmm. in a sense for marketing. Mm-hmm. But, but it's also, I don't, I don't just do it for marketing. I do it to leave a legacy and to share my life and to inspire people. So it's twofold, but it is mm-hmm. hard when then something tragic happens. You're trying to balance that line of being authentic, letting people in, but, but protecting the bubble. And so we actually had a podcast episode. I think it was one of our first ones that it, I think it's called Why Your Online Vulnerability Isn't Working. And I think it was like a, episode nine or 10. It's way back in the day. Anyways, mm-hmm. um, and it basically talked about, I think Evie gave an analogy in that episode that was like, when you're going through the thick of heartbreak or tragedy or whatever circumstance you're, that life throws at you, you're down in the middle of a pit. Maybe it's addiction, maybe it's heartbreak, tragedy, whatever. You're in the middle of it or you're down in it and you don't want to 
share from the pit. Like you basically, the idea is that you're down in the pit and there's a ladder and you're basically holding up your hand and like throwing people in the pit Mm. with you if you're sharing Mm. from that place of vulnerability. So our recommendation is always to either like personally overcome or just like get some victory. It doesn't have to be the full victory. You don't have to be completely healed or completely through the tragedy or whatever, but have a little bit of victory in your mental capacity before you come to social media to share about it. So, because you you sit on it for a second. Yeah. Yeah. Like don't, I would recommend like if something's happened to you, don't immediately like the first thing you do is go to your phone to share about it. Like that's, that seems unhealthy to me. But at the same time, like maybe if you're using that pit with the ladder analogy, like you could climb halfway up the ladder and then share about it because then you're, you're, you're holding your hand down to the people that are still in the pit that are in similar situations that you are in. And you're saying, Hey, I'm still in it. I still get it. It still hurts, but I see the top. Like I, I see it. I'm not like, so does that make sense? You're always giving hope. Totally. Um, Yeah. Even if you're sharing something vulnerable, even if you're sharing something that sucks, even if you don't have like a solution, you're still in a way giving people hope mm-hmm. just by sharing. Yeah, totally and I, I don't yeah. rec- I don't regret at all sharing my story mm-hmm. then. And then, then I shared it on the podcast and the amount of DMs that I've gotten from mm-hmm. sharing my story and having women that have related to that. It's just been so powerful. So yeah. even though it's not happening to you in a sense, like there are so many people, Polly, that are dealing with cancer themselves, mm-hmm. that are dealing with mm-hmm. loved ones, whether they have cancer, whether they have some sort of el- other disease. Like if you feel like God is sharing on your heart to share that, then don't not share it. Like, does that make sense? Like yeah, totally. guard, guard your heart and make sure that you're in a right place. But also there's so many people that could relate to that story and that you could give hope and encouragement to as well, just because you're, you've been there and you're going through it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for like sharing that too. I yeah. really appreciate that. Like, I don't want to get like too personal and be like, oh my God, I don't want to answer this question. No, you're totally fine. Well, and then from the Please. other aspect, I guess, uh, like logistically with business, when crap hits the fan, mm-hmm. the fact that you're building a team right now is great because I think that's the best asset you can have when crap hits the fan is to outsource. And it, maybe that means putting an autoresponder on your email and saying, hey, Polly's out of the office. Uh, her assistant, Fran, will be responding uh, occasionally. Mm-hmm. But And you could literally say, like, there's been a life event. I mean, you, you don't have to say life yeah, event, yeah. but like something yeah, that indicates yeah. like a personal family crisis or maybe not crisis, but totally. you can use the wording. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that way you're okay. business-wise, you're, you're still showing up professionally, whether it's even, even through your assistant, but you're also putting up that boundary that's saying, hey, like life happens crap happens and I'm like, I'm taking a step away. And you could even like share that on Instagram too for people that are clients or anything like that. Um, but if you have an assistant, I would definitely utilize her in those mm-hmm. seasons where you don't feel good to get like respond to clients. Even if they had a question for you, have her respond and be like, hey, Polly's out for a few days. Uh, I can I can give her this question or something like that where it's like, you're still having a good client experience via Fran, even if you're not it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, totally. That was really helpful. Yeah, I think I we have a couple more minutes. And the last question that I kind of had on here was, um, you know, one thing that each of you wish you knew sooner, like earlier on in your career. Oh, man. Oh. <laughs> okay, Evie. <laughs> uh, I can think about it for Do a you second. have something? I feel like I still need to like think through. 
Okay, okay. One thing that I wish I knew. Okay, yes, I have it. I wish <laughs> I wish I knew that like everybody doesn't know what they're doing. Like, like, and everyone learns along the way. Like, I think when you're first starting a business, you look up at the people that are like huge CEOs of companies or not even business owners. Like you look at like Beyonce or Taylor Swift and you're like, they just made it. Like, or like, it doesn't have to be a singer. Like literally anybody in life that you look up to that's killing it. You think that like, they just hit like this magic luck or they hit like some sort of thing that you could never possibly do. And not to say, like, if you don't have the voice that Beyonce has, then no, you're not going to be Beyonce. Sorry. But, like, <laughs> I just I just mean that, like, maybe the singer is not the best analogy for this, for this answer. No, but, it's good. It's good. But I think knowing that you are smarter than you think you are, you're stronger than you think you are, and you have you have what it takes to do what God created you to do. And I think mm-hmm. so many people discount that, and they're like, oh, I could just, I never could do that, or I never will do that. And it's like, no. Just just do what it takes to do that. And even if you don't know what the steps are, Google it. Start inviting people into your corner to ask for help, like to get to that next step. I just think that a lot of people discount themselves when they shouldn't. Yeah. That's probably yeah. my answer. Okay. Answer. I have a million things going through my head. But <laughs> I, I feel like it was either like building a team, like I wish I'd done that sooner, um, mm-hmm. and faster and like, bigger and, and expand faster, but I feel like I did it decently fast. So I'm not, I don't know that that's my number one. I feel like the, the number two that I'm thinking of is I really wish earlier on I'd realized how unhelpful people's opinions are and how much you have to ignore them when you're building stuff, when you're growing, when you're learning, like People are always going to have opinions. They're always going to be upset over something. They're always going to say that you're doing it wrong. I feel like there's always something where people have something negative to say. And I think earlier on, I wish I kind of like built up a tough skin because I'm a super sensitive person where like words mean a lot. Like I'm a words of affirmation person. So encouragement like hits so deep and therefore criticism hits even deeper. Um, So I feel like I'm still learning this lesson, which is maybe why it's coming up first. Um, But I feel like I'm still learning and growing to like brush off the criticisms, like take take constructive criticism, but just unnecessary, like, or like unaware, like hatred or critiques or, you know, people not understanding what you're doing or why you're doing it. Like that type of thing cannot control your actions, can't control who you are as a business owner and need to just be thrown to the side. Like you your voices and your circle need to be the people who know you and your situation best and the Lord. Like that has to be what's guiding you, not the the random angry people on the outside who don't know what's actually happening or, you know, the people who are like, you're stupid for quitting your restaurant job or like whatever that looks like. Um, I think people are always going to be critiquing and that just needs to not be a voice that is guiding your decisions. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> you have been incredible, Polly. This was so thank much you. fun to chat with you. I hope yeah. like, our our thoughts and our perspectives were helpful for you and gave you some clarity and some oh, advice absolutely. and direction. I am so lucky that you guys 
picked me on that question thing. Like oh that was gosh. seriously awesome. And I'm really happy that I got to do this. Oh my gosh. This has been so fun. We are well, 100% in your corner and so excited to see what this next step looks for you. Well, like. I always follow you guys <laughs> oh, and I literally <laughs> buy everything you put out. So keep doing it. Oh my gosh. Well, we love you. And you're like, Evie said, you're literally killing it. I'm so excited, especially Thank with you. you going full time just last week. You're on yeah. the pinnacle. Like when when yes. you go from part time to full time, like that's where things get fun and mm. real. And yeah. so I just can't wait to see you soar. So thanks so much for Thank hanging you. out with us, Polly. Thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs>